Hi, hello and welcome. This is the Zonecast where we interview emerging entrepreneurs, professionals and academics. And today we have with us on the show Nishant Sangwi. He is the co-founder and CEO of EnergyX. Uh, hi, Nishant. How are you? Welcome to the show. I'm good, Salman. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, I want to start by uh, learning about your background. So can you share your professional and uh, personal background? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, first and foremost, I'm a dad to um, three crazy uh, yet very loving kids, um, an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a three-year-old. And getting to see them grow and come into their own is, is an emerging, amazing journey in itself. Um, I'm also the co-founder and the CEO of EnergyX, which is a fast-growing technology startup based in Toronto and Halifax. And we work with utilities all across North America and empower their customers, which are homes and businesses, to become more energy efficient. My, in addition, my spouse is also an entrepreneur. She runs her own social impact startup. And being part of her journey as she grows a business is rewarding as well. And so when it comes to really describing myself, it's in these four roles, father, spouse, entrepreneur, and business partner, that I'm focused on having the most impact. Uh, on a personal front, I was born in India uh, in a place called Pune. I grew up in Dubai, studied and worked all across Canada from Halifax to Toronto to uh, Calgary, uh, and then spent six years in Amsterdam uh, and actually all across the Netherlands, really. Uh, that's where I met my wife, had two of my kids, also met my business partner and co-founder, and then relocated back to Toronto uh, in 2015 and uh, started EnergyX. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty amazing. It seems like you have uh, traveled to several uh, countries across the globe. Um, I want to learn more about EnergyX. So can you talk about EnergyX, how the idea came about, and what products and solutions you offer? Yeah, at EnergyX, we are very focused on living and breathing our mission, which is to provide every building in North America with a very relevant and personalized energy savings plan that can empower them to take action. So in a nutshell, we make energy decisions easy. And we're always pushing the dial uh, on the technology that enables us to live and breathe this mission. If I, if I have to describe the company, I always go back to the three basic philosophies or the truths that we believe in um, as the core of our being. First and foremost, we believe that energy efficiency and conservation is essential for us to achieve our climate change goals and sustain the quality of life for our future generations. The second truth we believe in is that when people are empowered with information about their homes and businesses, they can make smart choices about energy and prioritize the things that matter to them. And the third truth we believe in is that energy efficiency is the most effective means for utilities to engage with their customers. Keep these customers sticky and add real tangible value above and beyond just providing customers with commodity, which is electricity and gas. The idea of EnergyX uh, came about when I had relocated back to Toronto from Amsterdam. Um, I spent, as I mentioned earlier, many years in Amsterdam, and that's actually where I met my uh, business partner and co-founder. And we had always talked about uh, bringing energy efficiency in the mainstream, bringing it to homes and businesses and really empowering utilities to do so. So the idea was always uh, floating around with us. Um, when I relocated back to Toronto and I bought a house, uh, like many homeowners around the world, really, I, I, I got a bill and it was a very high utility bill one month. And so I did what, what most of us would do. I called my local utility 
and I asked them what I could do to save energy. And the person I spoke to at the utility asked me three questions. The first question was if I had a conventional light bulb, um, and to which I replied no, because all my lights were LED lights. The second question they asked me was if I had Energy Star appliances. And again, to, uh, to which I replied, yes, I did, because all my appliances were new and they were energy saving. And the last question was if I use all of my, most of my appliances in the evening because of off-peak pricing. And to which I replied, yes, I did. So the recommendation I got after that phone call from the utility was I should just use less energy. And that's really when I realized that my utility did not have any real data on my home, did not know how I was using and consuming energy, and more importantly, were not able to give me a very relevant and effective recommendation on how to lower my energy spend. And that's truly where uh, EnergyX was born. The problem we solve is twofold, on the customer side as well as on the utility side. On the customer side, we know homes and businesses around North America, around the world really, are looking for the most efficient and seamless way to reduce their energy and save money. Utilities, on the other hand, again, across North America and even globally, all have energy efficiency targets that they need to meet. And they have the task of finding buildings that can provide the most saving potential. Uh, and they want to do this in the most cost-effective way possible. They also want to be able to control that customer experience instead of relying on third-party auditors and contractors. And that is what we built. Our technology platform bridges this gap between utilities and the homes and businesses. And in a nutshell, we empower homes to lower their energy usage, save money, and become more carbon neutral. Mm -hmm. So are you providing a kind of software solution for homeowners and businesses? Yeah, Exactly, exactly that. However, it's licensed by the utility. So our flagship product is called My Energy Expert. It's an online energy audit that is licensed and white labeled by the utility. It's a SaaS platform. And utilities then roll it out or make it available to their customers. These homes and business customers are then able to get online, answer questions about their building, and we're then able to recommend and enroll them into the most relevant energy efficiency program that they qualify for. We're also able to automate the program for the utility on the back end so that entire customer journey through the program is tracked. The utility can report on the savings and homes and businesses have the, have now the ability to get retrofits done and realize savings themselves. We've won two MIT awards for this technology and the platform is currently licensed to 15 utilities across Canada and the US. And this has truly been our flagship product. That being said, one of the new products we're now bringing to life is, is what we call a virtual audit technology platform. We call it Retrofit AI. And what this allows us to do is conduct engineering-grade audits virtually without ever needing a certified auditor to walk through a building or, and with minimal customer inputs. And especially with COVID and, and, and social distancing, we truly believe that this will disrupt the space as it will empower every building to gain access and opt for an energy audit at a fraction of the cost. So uh, you're selling your SaaS software to utility companies and they are sharing that or allowing their users, their customers, which are homeowners and businesses, to use this product and find ways of how they can reduce their energy consumption. 
Yeah, and also then not only find ways how they can reduce energy consumption, enroll in the specific programs or or connect with contractors so they can actually go ahead and get retrofits done in their building. And in the same token, we then help utilities streamline that entire process on the back end. So it really creates uh, an end-to-end energy efficiency solution, all done uh, through a virtual uh, platform. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty amazing. Um, I was reading online that since 2016, uh, Energy X has raised about uh, five million uh, through for various uh, fundraising rounds. So, can you tell us about you know your fundraising experience, the different kinds of financing you raised, the debt, equity, grants, and uh, what was the experience like? Yeah, for sure. And and perhaps the best way to tackle that, Salman, is to just go back to the start, right? So I recall when my co-founder and I decided to start Energy X. Uh, this was in 2016. We had an idea. We had the firm belief that we would be the ones that could solve an industry-wide problem. Um, and and we wanted to be the, the founders uh, to be able to do that. The problem that we were solving, I believe I've defined, right? We have homes that were looking to save energy, looking to become more carbon neutral, looking to figure out how they can lower their energy spend um, and be able to really upgrade their homes in the most cost-effective way. We also knew utilities were running these programs, but they really had no uh, uh, accurate and uh, uh, streamlined way of enrolling these customers into these programs and really realizing the savings. And so we knew if we had built the platform that could address this problem, um, it would be a, it would be something that we could roll out across North America and beyond. The challenge, like, like most entrepreneurs who, who have a great idea and believe are the ones who can execute it, is that you need capital and you need a team to make it happen. And I recall at that time, uh, in addition to not having any capital and not having a team, uh, I had two little kids that were, uh, that I already had. My business partner also had two little ones and he had a third baby on the way. So we knew we wanted to do something and we knew we wanted to do something fairly fast because our families were growing and, and the problem that we were solving was, was a big enough and scalable problem to solve. Um, and so what do you, what did we do, right? We formalized our business plan. Uh, I went ahead and, and I have experience in the utility space. I've, I've sold enterprise software to utilities for more than a decade. I've worked with utilities around across North America and Europe. Uh, my co-founder also had domain expertise in the space. He's designed programs specific to utilities, and he's got a very strong technical engineering background that he could bring to the table. So we knew we had the domain expertise and we had the contacts. Once we built our business plan, we went ahead and we spoke to utilities uh, that we knew in our networks so that we could validate the idea. And we started talking to investors to prove why we were the right team to build and commercialize a product. Again, with the hope that product would be repeatable and it would be scalable. And and that's the advice I give to to any founders and entrepreneurs who are looking to raise. You've got to focus on making sure you de-risk your idea as much as possible. And how do you de-risk? You de-risk by showing that you have the domain expertise in the space. You de-risk by, by showcasing you already have customers that have validated the idea and are willing to pay for it. Um, and you de-risk by also showcasing that it is a large enough problem that warrants investment. And when you're able to do that, and especially when you're on the right path, things happen, right? And they did for us. 
Within two months, uh, we were successful in closing our pre-seed round of $400,000. That was our first investment we got in from our early uh, investors. Um, we quit our jobs, and then we started Energy X. And, and to your note, since then, uh, over the course of the last four years, we've raised close to $5 million in dilutive and non-dilutive financing. Uh, and we've also accessed government grants like IRAP and SHRED. We've been part of um, three accelerators, uh, Altspark, uh, DMZ, and uh, Creative Destruction Labs, CDL, uh, during this time, which has helped us get in front of investors and really refine our pitch. We are currently also part of the Free Electrons Accelerator, which gives us access to global utilities and global investors. And that's really what we've done to um, increase our network uh, and get us in front of um, invest in VCs or, or um, even, uh, you know, uh, larger companies that would be looking to invest in a technology platform like ours. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have to decide between, you know, uh, growing the business organically by reinvesting the profits versus taking investment and losing uh, equity and some future revenues? Was that a difficult decision for you or was it uh, was it your strategy to have capital and then uh, start building uh, or growing the company? You know, the way I the way I answer that question is you've got to go back. to How big is the problem that you're solving and how scalable and repeatable it is? Number one. And number two, are you building a lifestyle business? Um, are you building a business that you see yourself working in and running and, and growing for the next 20, 30 years? Or are you looking to build something really fast? Uh, and, and by fast, I mean something that is really high growth uh, and has great impact and you want to scale it um, as fast as possible. Not all businesses uh, warrant uh, outside investment. Right. So for us, really, the, the decision was 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 a it was a simple one. We knew the problem we were solving was global. Uh, we knew utilities around the world were running efficiency programs and needed participation in these programs and were struggling to find the right buildings uh, to participate and to uh, gain savings from these programs. We also knew homeowners were looking for um, as 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 lower energy usage as possible and were looking to save energy and would love to see upgrades and retrofits done in their home that would enable to realize their goals. And so we knew it was a scalable problem. We knew it was a global problem. We also knew we wanted to build a high growth business and we wanted to do it uh, within a much shorter time frame. And because we're a technology company and we're building product, we knew we needed capital to make that happen. So for us, getting investment and, and, and obviously giving up equity to do that um, was was a decision that we had made right off the bat. What we've now been able to do as we've continued to de-risk the business and bring more investment in and, and scale and get more and more utility customers and office obviously generate um, enough revenue, we are now looking at non-dilutive funding. Um, and, and the BDC was, was, uh, we just closed a $1 million round with the BDC, uh, in, within, in the pandemic, during a pandemic, I might say, which again goes to show the fact that energy efficiency and energy conservation is, is a problem, regardless of, of everything else that's going on in the world. 
Um, and so non-dilutive allows us to continue to scale and grow the business without giving up equity. And we have the revenues to enable us to do that and the scale to enable us to do that. And so that's really how we viewed our fundraising effort. Mm-hmm. So one of the uh, difficult negotiation points between investors and the founder can be the valuation of the company and and how to value the company. Um, did you did you find that that to be an, uh, uh, a difficult point um, to navigate with the investors, or were you able to get the uh, the valuation that you believe is right for your company? It really depends on what stage those discussions are having, uh, or, or those discussions happen. When you're really early stage, I mean, we raised our pre-seed round. Uh, prior to really having a real product in hand, even though we were able to license the product within the first three months and start generating revenue, our pre-seed round was was uh, was raised on a very very uh, at a very very early stage of our company, and so their valuation really is is dependent on um, how much you can de-risk the business uh, in in the three ways I mentioned below the expertise of the founders. The, the scalability of the problem, their previous experience in able to build and grow teams, um, the validation from outside customers that are willing to license the platform or license the product when it is once it is built. Uh, and, and valuation really depend on how much you can de-risk it. Uh, once you start generating revenues and you start doing a, a, a seed round and a series A round, which is now where we're at, we're close to, I guess we'll be looking to do series A fairly soon. You have... Uh, tangible real revenues and if you're able to show uh, exponential growth quarter after quarter you can really look at what that valuation will be and compare it to others within your industry and there are benchmarks you can use so for us because we've done pre-seed we've done seed we're looking to do series a i can say that where we are at, where we are now those valuations are very we can benchmark those valuations and they are much more valid conversations and discussions to have. When we started, it was really too early to even know what that valuation is. In fact, any founders that are that early, it's, 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 you cannot really have a validation because the, the business isn't tried and proven. You need to have years and years of, of data to be able to value it. So, you know, in a nutshell, when we started, that valuation was really based on what we felt the business should be and we were able to negotiate that. Now we're at a stage where we've got benchmarks and, and data points that we can continue to gather and accumulate, which allows those valuations to be a bit more scientific than what they were when we started the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so recently you raised about a million from BDC, uh, you mentioned in non-dilutive funding. So how does uh, non-dilutive funding work? Uh, non-dilutive funding is purely based on um, it, it's non-equity driven, so it's it's a debt round, and mm-hmm. it's based on the scalability and the viability of the business and the ability of the business to continue to generate revenue, so you can pay um, pay off that debt in a given time, um, and it's it's a really good way to go for companies that don't want to dilute because at the end of the day, as you grow and scale your business. Uh, equity is the most expensive piece of the business you can give up. You only realize that once you've, once you've built something, uh, because you know that if you get the right valuations and if you're able to, um, to, to solve 
the problem in the way you want to solve it and, and really prove traction, the valuations will be high enough for that equity to be worth quite a bit. Um, and so, you know, we were at a stage where we knew non-dilutive made the most sense. And so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a debt, uh, it's a debt mechanism. And that's what we did with the BDC. Again, with the pure focus on growing and scaling the business. Mm-hmm. So I guess that is something that um, founders should also think about is, is what kind of um, finance uh, they want to raise. Do they want to um, give away equity without having to worry about, you know, returning the loan or any interest payments? Or they want to, you know, take a loan and then pay it back later with interest, but still maintain equity. So I guess, uh, I guess it depends on the stage of the company you're in and, and which approach you want to take. Uh, and, and I guess there are, uh, benefits and cons to both. So you believe at this stage for, um, that financing makes more, more sense, uh, because you're able to retain, uh, ownership. Yeah. And we've done both, right? I mean, we've done, uh, we've done close to 2.3, 2.4 million dollars in uh, equity uh, uh, financing, and we've been able to bring some amazing shareholders uh, to uh, to our board and to be part of our growth. And, and these are, you know, solid institutions and individuals that really will now be married to us until we we uh, we exit. Um, and I think, you know, that was a great decision for us to make, and it's exactly what we needed. Uh, and with the BDC, they're a fantastic, credible partner to have on board. And their financing, non-equity based, was also what we needed at that time. So I always go back to founders and I always say, you've got to figure out what you need and why and how much. Um, there's worries on both ends, right? There's worries when you give up equity. And you have investors. There are worries when you when you uh, when you have non-dilutive and you've got a loan that you are you're working to pay off. There's worries on both ends. It's just a, it's a question of what makes the most sense for your business and what allows you to scale and grow the fastest. And I'm I'm fortunate to say we've we've we've, we've explored both worlds. We have a bit of both. So we've got experience now on both ends. Mm-hmm. When you're fundraising uh, in a in a, let's say, pre-revenue stage where you don't have a product to show and when you don't have a product to display to the investors, is it is it particularly difficult to fundraise in, in that stage? And do you end up giving um, more equity because you don't have any traction and any product to show? You know, it all depends. Um, you know, some founders will say that, uh, or some investors will say, listen, I don't want to invest unless I see an MVP and I see some product traction. Um, you know, some investors will come in really early stage because they believe in the team and they believe in the problem that you're solving. Uh, and, and, and they know that you've got the experience to be able to uh, uh, put the right team together to solve the problem. So it's, it's a really difficult one question to answer. The way I answer it is always how much can you de-risk your business? The more you can de-risk your business, the greater uh, the more buying power you have in terms of negotiating the valuation of the company and negotiating how much equity you have to give up. And so if you think of it in those terms, uh, I think it, it makes a little bit more, that the path becomes a bit more clearer. So yeah, the earlier the stage of a company you are, the harder it is for you to de-risk your business because you don't have enough data points to prove that out. 
And so those negotiations become tougher, right? There's a, there's a, there's a running joke I always say when the entrepreneur um, goes to the investor and says, listen, I need money. And the entrepreneur, I mean, the, the entrepreneur goes to the investor and says, I need money. And the investor says, yeah, I'll give you the money. I want the terms because many times the terms of the deal also influence uh, a lot of things. And then I think founders mm-hmm. have to be really well educated and understand that uh, before they go ahead and fundraise. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, all your investors, are they based in Canada? Uh, uh, all my investors are based in Canada. Uh, they have, uh, mul- some of them are multinational organizations and they've got offices around the U.S. as well. And uh, one of them has offices globally. Uh, but primarily, yeah, they have head offices uh, in Canada. Okay, okay. And um, so you mentioned that you have been part of uh, three different uh, accelerators, uh, like for example, Creative Destruction Lab. And um, what what was the experience being part of this uh, particular acceleration program? And uh, does it uh, really uh, help in finding uh, investors? It helped us. Um, Accelerating acceleration labs are extremely intensive because they try to pack years of experience into months. And 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 we were foolish or wise, I don't know how you look at it, to do three at the same time. Uh, we did uh, Elspark, and as we were doing Elspark, we did CDL, Creative Destruction Labs, and as we just completed Creative Destruction Labs, we got into the DMZ. Um, and they worked really well for us. Uh, for three different, for, for different reasons. Elspark really helped us, uh, uh, understand the SaaS business model and the mentorship we got in terms of, um, building a business, um, and, and building a more, more importantly, a SaaS based business and, and, and licensing it so that we can continue to attain reoccurring revenue and, and exponential growth over time was great. Creative Destruction Lab was, Purely, purely focused on getting us in front of as many investors as possible and presenting our idea and pitching and then really reading it down to the investors that were interested in us. And we got, we got a number of our investors through Creative Destruction Lab. So it worked for us. And then DMZ was purely based on acceleration and mentorship and getting us the right business coaches when it comes to product, when it comes to customer success, when it comes to sales. Um, um, you know, uh, and, and giving us access to that, um, in a very intensive period of time. And as soon as we got into DMZ, we got another investor as well to join us. And so, you know, it's been, it's been a blessing for us to be part of all three, but they, uh, they take a lot of time. Uh, they, uh, they challenge your business model. They ask you to really think about the box. They make you very uncomfortable. And to me, as an entrepreneur, that's a great thing, right? You you will only grow if you keep putting yourself in positions that you are uncomfortable in. And what the accelerators do, um, especially the good ones, they put you in positions where you're uncomfortable and we have to validate and justify your business model. And when you do that, you tend to really work uh, on the business instead of in the business. And that's a very important distinction. Um, and, 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 and important for founders to be able to do that. So yeah, they, they worked great for us and they allowed us to get the right investors in. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. 
So as as we were previously dis, uh, discussing, you have uh, lived and worked in different countries, Canada, Dubai, uh, Netherlands, and you're originally from India. So can you talk about the experience that you that you had living and working in these different countries, and which mm-hmm. one you like most? Yeah, uh, all all in different stages of my life, right? Um, what have I learned from it? What I've learned from it is uh, how important it is to surround yourself with a diverse group of individuals and people. And living, you know, being brought up, I guess, I guess being born in India and having the opportunity to go back uh, occasionally. Growing up in Dubai, which is really a multi-chasm of, of different cultures um, and, 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 and entrepreneurship, because there's always been such a strong focus on entrepreneurship. Uh, all across Dubai, which is why that economy has has grown exponentially over the decades. Uh, coming to Canada and and going to Dal in Halifax, uh, which we now have an office in, and we actually employ people in Halifax, and that's really that's a great way for me to give back. Uh, and one of my investors is from Halifax as well, and that's really it. I have a strong connection to that city. Uh, doing my MBA in Toronto and, and working and living in Toronto, which is such a multicultural city. Uh, going to Calgary, which is where my my love affair with energy efficiency truly began. And then living across the Netherlands, Amsterdam, The Hague, Rotterdam, Zoetermeer, uh, Utrecht, and, and then eventually setting down in Leiden. They, they've all taught me the importance of having uh, diversity around me. And, and, and we've taken that into Energy X. If I look at um, my team, and we're close to 25 people now across both offices, uh, 70%, 70% of us, uh, or close to 80% of us, were not born in Canada. Uh, and, and we've got such diverse backgrounds that, that we bring to the table. That's really helped us grow this company uh, much faster, I think, than if we had a homogenous uh, group of individuals. So, you know, I, I, I was in Amsterdam. Uh, I was relocated to Amsterdam after my stint in Calgary. I was, I was single at that time. A great time for me to be in Europe. Great time for me to be living in the heart of Amsterdam. I met my wife there. I met my business partner there. I had two of my kids there. Really monumental um, changes in my life happened um, in in that city or in or in the Netherlands. And so that I always stay. Um, it'll always stay close to my heart. Uh, Toronto was, you know, when we came back to Toronto, is where we started the business. And so this city will always cement itself because it's really where we were able to build something from nothing and grow a team. And, uh, you know, having lived across uh, these various different uh, countries and cities, I can still tell you that I feel now being a father of three kids, uh, Canada is one of the safest countries in the world to raise your kids. Um, and I think we've really built something amazing here. And, and, and Toronto itself has such an amazing startup ecosystem when it comes to supporting tech startups. It's phenomenal to see. And so, you know, my, my, my heart and, and my passion will always be here. Um, but again, different stages of my life, right? And so I think learnings uh, that I can take that's really helped shape who I am. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I'm curious about is do you have any direct competitors? Yeah, man, there's there's always competitors. Uh, in fact, I get nervous when I speak to founders and they say they have no competitors because that makes me question why that is the case. Um, so what we do is we provide an end-to-end platform to utilities, right? We enable utilities to virtually audit the entire customer base, 
identify the buildings that require deep retrofit opportunities, digitally engage those buildings on those home and business owners to participate in energy efficiency programs, upsell them on products and services, match these buildings with the right contractors and service organizations, and then track and report all the energy savings. And in the same time, allow homeowners to lower energy usage. So you, you see there are different phases uh, that, that, that the platform or the technology addresses. And we see competitors in each of these different stages. The way we've differentiated ourselves from our competitors, though, is that we can provide that entire spectrum of services, that end-to-end energy efficiency automation service, all the way from identifying buildings to achieving savings in those buildings within one platform. And we haven't seen our competitors be able, able to do that as yet. And that's really what's allowed us to differentiate ourselves from the rest of the pack, and it's it's what's allowed utilities uh, to want to work with us because they're able to get that um, the that's full spectrum of services with one vendor. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. Uh, well, Nishant, it has been very nice uh, speaking with you and learning about you and also about your venture. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Salman, uh, kudos to you as well. As I mentioned, I think you're on podcast number two or three now and that itself requires a lot of discipline a lot of consistency uh you've created something i think that's repeatable that's scalable perhaps your own mini startup there and so congrats congrats, uh, uh for being able to do that thank you i thank you i appreciate that and uh, you want to share your website uh, how can people find you yes for sure you can find me on linkedin uh under nishant sangui uh, you can find us on www.energyxsolutions.com. Uh, we're on Twitter. Um, uh, we also have a Facebook page. So just uh, Google my name and you'll know how to reach me. And if you go to energyxsolutions.com, uh, you'll get to reach the rest of the team as well. All right. Perfect. Uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode and you get a chance to learn from Nishant and his professional and personal journey and uh, his extensive living and and travel experience and also from his venture and how he's uh, disrupting the the energy efficiency space. And thank you so much for listening to Zoomcast and stay tuned for more episodes.